today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. In partnership developed between the Canadian Armed Forces and the Latvian National Armed Forces, we will deliver leadership development training for members of the Armed Forces of Ukraine with the first of these training sessions to begin next week in Latvia. Uh, that, of course, is uh, Defence Minister Anita Anand uh, speaking yesterday uh, about the uh, uh, the collaboration that's going on right now, of course, with the training of uh, soldiers, uh, Ukrainian soldiers in Latvia, another part of the the Canadian commitment to uh, uh, Vladimir Zelensky and, and, of course, what's going on in Ukraine. Uh, to talk about this, please to welcome back to the program Elliot Tepper, Emeritus Professor of Political Science with Carleton University. Elliot, always a pleasure. Thanks for the time today. Oh, good to hear your voice, Bill. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about the training exercises and going on. I know that there's always going to be concern about the hardware that's that's needed, and and you know, every time President Zelensky talks, it's you know we need the stuff yesterday, and and we can win this thing with that help. Uh, but training is an important part of this as well, and that's one of the things that Canada has usually done pretty well. It's not only uh, that we do it very well; we've been doing it with Ukraine for yeah. quite some time. There's been a program called Operation Unifier that goes back to 2015. Bill, and um, when you see in the paper 36,000 uh, Ukrainian troops have been trained by Canadians, that's what they're referring to. Uh, that was supposed to go on till 2025, but of course, when the Russians uh, threatened to invade, it wasn't just Canada, but uh, a number of other countries, primarily the United Kingdom, all across Ukraine were training uh, soldiers, but they, they pulled out in advance of the invasion. A little thought experience. What if they hadn't pulled out? Would Russia dare to attack even a token number of NATO troops? But that's what's going on. Uh, Operation Unifier is an, a long-term project. I don't know if it's technically an extension, but in practice it is. Uh, the other, other thing we should know about is that Canada is part of an extended forward presence under NATO in Latvia. So we already have people there, about 350 people. There's uh, close cooperation between Canada and Latvia in advance of this announcement, which means, yes, they can start next week. And something that uh, I just noticed is that in addition to this training, Canada has been working with Latvia in something called Operation Hunt. This is Hunt under cybersecurity. So Canada has been working closely with the U.S. and with, uh, in particular, inside Ukraine, uh, inside Latvia, to deal with the hostile attacks over cyber. So this is a, a very um, long-standing and deep commitment. To that point, I wonder if you could just spend a minute or two, Elliot, explaining to our listeners uh, about the overall scenario there. I mean, we've talked about Ukraine, and rightly so, it's a war zone, uh, and the Russian invasion and, and, and how Ukraine is handling that. And we've talked about Canada's commitment, the U.S. commitment, the NATO commitment, et cetera. But talk to us about the, the, the atmosphere there. We're talking about a Baltic region uh, that has been under a great deal of stress over the last little while because of Russian incursions into some parts of it. And, and even as the uh, the Baltic, uh, or as the uh, Latvian foreign minister mentioned yesterday when she was with uh, talking to Canada's foreign minister, uh, there's an apprehension there that, you know, it's almost a question of, okay, who's next? What are they going to do next? Uh, everybody's very much on tenderhooks about what could happen. Oh, for excellent reason. These are former Soviet uh, entities. Uh, they escaped. Uh, they joined NATO. And that's the key uh, to all of this is that uh, these are NATO states, but they are very much frontline states in terms of Russia's intention to, you know, recreate the Soviet or no, the great Russian empire 
previous, previous to the Soviets. So the, the great Russian empire uh, definitely has eyes on the, these three states. Canada is there, as I say, as part of this enhanced forward presence. The fact that they have joined NATO does give them some reassurance and some, um, some hope that maybe Russia will not roll over them. But if Russia succeeds in Ukraine, the pressure on these states in particular, uh, that'll make them even more so frontline states, along with Poland. Certainly. And, and, and again, you know, we've talked about Vladimir Putin and, and his mindset. Uh, clearly, one of his heroes, if not his, his hero, is Joseph Stalin. And he's basically trying to, to recreate, uh, as you say, that Soviet Union. And, and this is the long-term goal right now. And, and right now, Ukraine is standing in the way. Ukraine, with Canadian and other assistance, is, is standing in the way. We are all waiting to find out what's happening with this counteroffensive that everybody's looking for. With this morning, President Zelensky once again said, well, we might have to postpone our counteroffensive because we really don't have all the equipment needed. We could succeed with what we have. It would cost us more troops. We want to preserve our troops. Of course, we, we're now into the kind of head fake <laughs> stage of war. Uh, this might be a diversionary tactic. We do read that the Ukraine, to everybody's surprise, has had success around Bakhmut, uh, the, the great uh, struggle for Bakhmut, which has gone on for months. The Russians really wanted to capture that. May 9th, yesterday, uh, the Russian great patriotic national day, Mr. Putin, among other things, could not say we have conquered Bakhmut. But now it looks as if Ukraine is even counter, um, countering the potential loss of Bakhmut, which seemed to be pending up until now. That's an interesting time, as you said. The, the, this was the anniversary. This was this was supposed to be the grand parade in Moscow, where they they show off their military hardware and and you know flex their muscle in front of their own people to show just what a, a great leader Putin is, etc. Uh, and it was a, a shadow of what it was in past. I think they only had one tank. Somebody told me. Uh, and actually didn't last very long at all. One critic I suggested, maybe if they just you know brought out all the body bags of the Russians who died in Ukraine, maybe they get a better message as to what's going on with, with Russian troops these days. But that, that was not going to be happening. Uh, but it, Putin's having a pretty tough time right now, isn't he, trying to, to portray this as, as a win for Russia, or attempting to anyway. Yes, yeah, so this, this parade yesterday potentially was a time when he would announce great success there. But also, potentially, he could have announced that in order to continue to fight the Nazis, as he says, just like their grandparents did, uh, now they're going to mobilize more troops. But he did not announce that there's going to be another, you know, forced mobilization, a draft. Uh, he did not announce the fact that Bakhmut had fallen. He did not announce that um, there's going to be now a huge success on the battlefield. He did say we're going to win, of course. But he did not uh, unveil a whole raft of new weapons or even one new weapon. And it, just as a tiny footnote, Patriot missiles manned by, by Ukraine, inside Ukraine, took down a hypersonic missile that earlier um, Putin had said would make Russia invincible because it goes five times the speed of sound and it can navigate, uh, uh, changes navigation in flight. And that uh, made it an invincible weapon. And, the Ukrainians using Western weaponry shot it down. Interesting point about that. And I just, if I could circle back to what we talked about sure. at the first part of our conversation here, about the, the training uh, being supplied by Canadians. Mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, when you have missiles like this, and a lot of that training is not just okay. Here's tactical information. Here's, a, but it's it's basically the use of a lot of the weaponry that they're sending over there. I mean, they've got to be a, become expert on this in a very short period of time, don't they? Yes, there's a, Canada is providing different types of training. Some of it's medical, some of it, but some of it is in the use of armor, <laughs> the new kinds of armor that uh, remember Canada has provided uh, very quickly a few of the heavy uh, Leopard battle tanks. Uh, one reason. There's some concern about this counteroffensive, and the Ukrainians have been downplaying it, saying don't don't expect it to be a silver bullet. And we know through the Discord leaks that the Americans think there's not going to be a major change uh, on the battlefront because of this uh, particular counteroffensive. But part of the reason for this is a lot of the heavy heavy armor it won't come into effect in Ukraine until the fall. Uh, so Russia uh, sees that they've, they've dug in. Uh, I've been rereading the book on the loss of the end of the Ottoman Empire, World War I and trench warfare. So we're into really old-fashioned kinds of uh, warfare using hypersonic weapons. The two drones that uh, everybody was talking about that might have hit the Kremlin, at the same time everybody was talking about those two drones, and we could talk about that if you wish, but they did no real damage except to show vulnerability. At that same time, Russia was massively attacking all across Ukraine. They were using anti-aircraft missiles on, on apartment blocks. They are using the um, Iranian drones that, remember, Iran is providing material support to assist Russia in this, and we should keep that in mind as well. But uh, there's been a lot of success by Ukraine in adapting to those. But the main point is that Ukraine is paying a terrible cost for this barbaric invasion of a neighboring state and claiming it has no right to exist. And we're doing that in 2023 and Canada's pitching in to do its part. Uh, we'll have to leave it there. Lots more to talk about on this, but uh, we'll have to pick up on another session real soon. Elliot, thank you so much for this as always. Oh, you're very welcome, Bill. Take care. That's uh, Elliot Tepper, Professor Emeritus of Political Science at Carleton University. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.